Hey, here we are again, these two troublemakers. <laughs> uh, and this episode, alias Smith and Jones, and we're hearkening back in time again for those who may be younger listening to the program. Uh, <laughs> Dave, do you want to explain the title? Sure. There was a TV series in the 1970s entitled Alias Smith and Jones. It was two outlaws. It was a, a Western. They were outlaws, and they took on these alias names of Smith and Jones to stay hidden from the law. So we have two more, <laughs> well, in some ways modern. We have another Smith and Jones who are also outlaws and have become uh, essentially attempted to be aliases in that they were not what they proposed they were or presented themselves as. They didn't change their names, but <laughs> they were not what they said they were. So in that sense, aliases. So we're going to be looking at the similarities between Joseph Smith and Jim Jones. Okay. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Jim Jones, you will become such by the end of the episode. Uh, he, yeah, I won't go into that much more at this point. Uh, and before we kick it off a little further, uh, you know the drill. I don't even have to say you know the drill anymore because you know it so much. <laughs> because this is the point in the episode when we talk about the LDS Church in the news. So, Fox 13, Salt Lake City. Latter-day Saint Church says Utah man arrested on suspicion of voyeurism was removed from role as high counselor. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> uh, so here we go. The Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints has released a statement after a man serving as a high counselor in a Utah congregation was arrested on suspicion of voyeurism in Tennessee. Stephen Murdoch, 55, was arrested after a woman said he filmed her while she was in a dressing room. Jesus. <laughs> Alanda Alcala said she confronted Murdoch and witnessed him trying to delete the photos from his phone. She also said Murdoch's wife tried to convince her to make a, quote, deal by not calling police. A church spokesperson issued a statement regarding the case and Murdoch's status within the leadership of his congregation in Holiday. So this is Holiday, Utah. For those who aren't familiar with Utah, Holiday is kind of a ritzy area. It's an older area. Uh, this is an area where a lot of the early leaders of the church lived. Up until even, uh, you know, a decade or so ago, there's still some that live in the area. Uh, a lot of the old stakes and wards in the church, were, uh, the leadership was living or had come from living in Holiday. It's on the east side of uh, Salt Lake and uh, kind of up in the foothills of the mountains a little bit. It's kind of a kind of a ritzy area, anyway. Um, not that that relates at all to to this whole issue, but anyway, uh, quote: "This type of behavior is unacceptable and cannot be tolerated from any church member." This individual had previously served as a bishop of a local congregation and then as a high counselor. When local leaders learned of the arrest and charges, he was immediately removed from all responsibilities, 
A person that engages in this type of behavior may have their church privileges restricted or may face the potential loss of church membership, unquote. So here's the deal, guys, as if we have to say this again. If there is such a thing as the discernment of the Spirit when calling men into leadership positions in the church, where was it? (laughs) (laughs) He was a bishop before this, so he was, you know, in a a position of of serious trust with with members of, uh, you know, both sexes and all, all ages confiding in him. Uh, and here he is, a voyeur, and you know who knows. Hopefully, that's all he was involved in. Right. Uh, we've had uh, recent stories about bishops and others who have been involved in child pornography rings and all sorts of stuff. Where is the quote unquote spirit of discernment? Mm. And will these men ever be required to do things like, oh, I don't know, background checks? Before they're called into these positions, maybe eventually. You know, I'm thinking. I uh, don't know. Thinking of a song by Iron Maiden. <laughs> uh, huh. Okay, so that's a, a heavy metal band, but uh, it's yes. called "The Evil That Men Do," and it's about not just doing evil, but doing evil and having a face of good on it. In other words, it's a lot worse to go around, say you represent God, say that you're inspired, that you're a man of God, entrusted with his priesthood, and and do something evil. That's a lot worse than just doing it and not claiming that you're above it. Uh, Yeah, that's right. I agree. And in stark irony, I hear quotes from people where, where in the very rare occasions where I've posted news links or something like this on a social media forum like Facebook. Okay, very rarely do I do that. I, I think I might start start doing it more often. <laughs> but, you know, I've got a lot of friends and family who are tied to me in social media, and they'll see these posts, right? And, and you've got comments that'll come out. Uh, I recall one uh, a while back when I posted something about Sam Young and his efforts and how these men in these priesthood positions are abusing kids and and so forth. And the quote that I I don't think I'll ever forget from this individual went something along the lines of, I trust my key holders. (laughs) And when you read news like this and you know this stuff is going on, really, Mm. you trust your key holders. That's pretty fucking dangerous. And it's mm-hmm. also sticking your head in the sand. Yep. Um, so anyway, yeah, there we go. Some more happy news about uh, sexually deviant behavior happening with these leaders who are, quote, called from God. Mm. Right? Called of God. Yes. Well, God is the ultimate voyeur, after all. He sees all. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> it's a little creepy. Ooh. Okay. Go, anyway, wait, let me go close my curtains. Hang on. Yeah, because God can't see through curtains. No. Yes. All right. All right, guys. All right. Well, you know, I got to throw this one other similarity out there since it just jumped into my brain. So there's a new show. Um, 
on Amazon Prime called The Boys. And oh my God, is it, it's just unbelievable uh, <laughs> and unprecedented in a lot of the lengths that it goes to. The, the general idea behind the show is we live in a world where there are such a thing as superheroes. And this small group of guys is trying to do something about superheroes in general, because especially this group of elite superheroes called the seven. So there's seven of them. Uh, are like the top of the line and uh, they get away with with everything and they're actually don't have you know genuine motives in a lot of things and they're and they're kind of uh, uh, they got these little secret shadowy lives and motives uh, within this hero group Mm -hmm. and so these guys get together they're just normal guys but they're trying to develop weapons or technology or, or methods to basically take out these superheroes who've been put in these positions of trust when they're really doing terrible things behind the scenes. And uh, so, yeah, I thought of the, the one guy who's kind of like the Superman of the crew and he can fly and he has laser vision and he also has the x-ray vision going on. And so that that reminded me of it, the whole statement of God being a voyeur, uh, because this guy's a little creepy. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, yeah, kind of getting off track. <laughs> but uh, I think what was on track there is trusting your key holders, trusting your leaders, and the serious shit that can come from that if your leaders don't necessarily have genuine motives. And that kind of relates, I think, to the uh, conversation today. Absolutely. So I'm going to hand it off to you, Dave. You've done a lot of research on uh, Jones, and mm-hmm. we both know a lot about Smith, of course. Yep. Uh, these alias Smith and Jones characters. For those listeners who aren't aware, and you probably already planned this, I'm sure you have kind of an outline that you wanted to go through. Uh, I, at some point, I'm guessing you were going to describe or summarize uh, the uh, Jonestown uh, cult, but um, I'll, I'll let you go on that. Okay. So we're, what we're doing, again, we're look, looking at Mormonism, which we consider a cult, Jonestown, which was actually called the People's Temple, founded in 1955, was also a cult. And so we're going to look at some similarities. There are differences between the two men uh, and their groups of followers, but there are clear similarities that we find in almost all cults. So then if we have time, we can go through a list of some of the other more well-known and some not uh, cults of uh, recent history. So my first statement is going to be the most important thing that I can share about this whole subject. And that is this, no one joins a cult. Yeah. Okay. Hey buddy, Mm -hmm. come on over and see this new cult I joined. I think you'll like it. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, as members, you're getting suckered at some level, uh, all along the way, you're you're sucked into it by lies and deception. 
All right. Similarities between Smith and Jones, both born poor. Uh, Jones considered himself an outcast. Um, and here's the thing that made me decide that this could be a, an interesting podcast is when I found out that not only did Joseph Smith, but also Jim Jones had a very strong interest in religion as a young man. Very unusual. Mm, in fact, mm-hmm. there's an incident. He also had a, a very strong interest in death. This is Jones. <laughs> religion and death. So one of the things he did as he God damn it. As a young man, is he killed the neighbor's cat and then he had a funeral service for it. <laughs> wow. So he, well, you know what you know who that sounds like is Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, killing small animals and then I don't know if Jones did the whole thing where he like autopsied them or whatever, but yeah. yeah, Dahmer was fascinated with death in that same mm-hmm. way and, yes. and would, would kill small animals. And yeah, interesting. Okay. So <laughs> here's something uh, to keep in mind as we go through this uh, information. One of the main things that happens in almost any and every cult is that the leader of the cult becomes the object of worship. And very rarely does it start that way, but ultimately it's not even God anymore as much as it is the leader of the cult itself. So just kind of praise to the man. Keep that in your mind there. All right. One of the biggest tools that's used by a cult is isolation. And so let's look at the movement of Mormonism. This is really well known in church history, starting in Palmyra, then Kirtland, Independence, Missouri, Nauvoo, Illinois, and then eventually Salt Lake through the dictatorship of Brigham Young. I mean, the leaders, I'm sorry, the leadership of Brigham <laughs> Young. Uh, so with Jones, it started again in 1955 in Indiana. It grew slowly at first. They moved to Ukiah, California, then Redwood Valley. And then something happened. Uh, in 1977, there was an expose released in the press that exposed, again, expose exposed some of the inner workings and goings on in the people's temple. Scared the shit out of Jones. He said, it's time to leave. So he picked Guyana, Guyana because it's English speaking, very remote, and a large black population. His, uh, Membership of his church was 75% black. And there's, you know, there's reasons. Do for we that. know? Oh, okay. You're going to, I was going to say, do we know why? Well, that is, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He, he, at this time, there was a lot of racial unrest. Now, I say at this time, uh, speaking in 68, 69 is, is mm. when the movement really gathered. Uh, I have a number here somewhere. Okay. In 1966, they had 81 members, all right? So in 11 years, they only gained 81 members. But in just five years, 1971, there were a 1,000, over a 1,000 members. Uh, so wow. the, yeah. the blacks yeah. who were being disenfranchised and, and the racial wars going on, he felt uh, 
you know, empathy for them because of the way he was brought up, uh, neglected, downcast, outcast. And, and so they naturally, you know, and his services were very Pentecostal, a lot of loud singing. He would rant on occasion, get really loud at the pulpit. Mm. There's statements from people. I never heard a man talk like that. Well, shit, just raise your voice, you know, Hitler or whatever. And I guess there might be some YouTube videos if people ever caught any of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, video. yeah. yeah. It, it's on. It, and he was white, right? He was white. Yeah. So uh, that's the other crazy thing. If I'm a disenfranchised black person, uh, I guess if the message is right, I'm willing to kind of go beyond that little, I don't know if it's an oxymoron, but it's kind of a dichotomy of following this white leader because he's saying the right things, right? Jones was an expert in telling people what they needed to hear. He had that. Or what they wanted to hear, wanted to, right? Wanted and needed to hear. Yeah. He yeah. had that nailed. He was an expert mm. deceiver. All right. So they're down in Guyana. It's 1977. So in just a year, they're, they're going to be gone. It, less than a year, seven months, something like that in Guyana. Uh, his services, again, were Pentecostal at first. They did fake healings. Uh, this is well documented. Uh, a, number, a number of these healings where he, he would get his personal assistant to fake she had a broken leg and then heal it. In front of, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was ridiculous. But it it fooled a lot of them. Obviously, it must have. Uh, let's look at... Uh, just to interject really quickly there, Dave, you know what that reminded me of is in early Scientology, uh, because Scientology teaches that as you get up the tiers, right, the o, the OT tiers, you eventually get this these powers. So mind over body, telekinesis, telepathy, uh, the ability to to whatever heal your etc. And so. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard got burned because he pulled one of his premier women in his group up there who was supposed to have obtained this high level. And, and so the audience would ask her questions like to, to test her ability to read minds or whatever. And she failed miserably. Wow. <laughs> so like that was the last time he did something like that. No, that didn't work. So he could have, he, he could have learned from Bob jo- or from Jones, right? Yeah. Because Jones, uh, could have told him, dude, you got to arrange it ahead of time and do the, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, so yeah, you, uh, two questions, you know, what's the motivations in Jones's mind, what's motivating him. And then what's going on with the members, uh, that allows them to continue toward the end. A lot of them wanted to leave. We'll bring that up. Uh, so he was losing it in more ways than one. Uh, he believed, uh, Essentially, he taught, again, a Pentecostal form of of, uh, the Bible, but it evolved into preaching social justice and essentially a type of communism. So going to Guyana and creating basically a commune was exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the church itself teaches all things in common, and they have 10% tithing and then fast offerings jones required uh, from those that that again survived and and spoke of it around 25 percent 
Wow. Uh, some of the older people turned over their um, social, uh, what the hell? Social security. Yeah, they turned over their yeah. social security checks to him. Just wrote the and, checks and over he, to him. He yeah. amassed quite a bit of money uh, after 71. There was a lot of money coming in. A- mm. Again, his appeal to the disenfranchised. What's going on with these people? What What are they hearing that that makes them want to follow this guy? He said, and and here's where the insanity and the megalomania starts to grow. Joseph Smith was ordained as a god to his people, a king on earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Smith point. Just this is just recorded. It's it's on a recording. I will be your god. <laughs> mm. oh okay oh, jones you mean yeah jones said this jones, yeah jones okay. said it i will be your god okay yeah you're all righty okay how about sex we know we know <laughs> there's always sex involved yeah now smith didn't Isn't have any problems with sex i mean no no polyandry polygamy uh well documented Teenage girls we've done the whole yeah. all the podcasts on yeah. that Jones was apparently bisexual and spoke about it from the pulpit, which is completely fucking insane to me. Yeah, How, that's unusual. I mean, yeah. why would you? Uh, he, he started doing drugs in 1970. And the reason that we know this is his son uh, survived the slaughter. And so, mm-hmm. uh, again, the only reason we know any of this is from just a handful of these survivors and his son who had access more to Jones's personal life said he started in 1970 and by 1978, he was out of control, mostly barbiturates and alcohol. He said there Mm. were times where he could barely walk. Wow. And these people are, (laughs) they're still following him. Uh, What's his goal? What, What's the church's goal in the early days? To build, gather unto, and build Zion. Jones, utopia. Simple. Guyana, mm. Jonestown, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be utopia. Everyone will leave us alone. We can do whatever the hell we want to do. Well, that actually only pertained to him. <laughs> uh, the church considered itself above the law. We have dozens of statements where they disregarded the law of the land, got him in a whole lot of trouble more than once. Uh, And so now we have this issue with Congressman Leo Ryan, who came there in November, 1978 to go Jonestown uh, on a congressional investigation. Apparently enough information had been getting out about maybe some things that were going on down there. And he says, well, shit, let's go find out. So he mm-hmm. had uh, uh, Jackie Spear was a, his assistant. He had three cameramen, uh, about about seven or eight people that went down for this congressional investigation. And this this is where it all began to unravel. Now, some of the things that I'm missing uh, that I've skipped over is some of the control methods Jones used. One of them was he worked his people almost to death. They worked 12 hours a day minimum in the fields, building things in the heat, in Guyana, humidity. Um, He kept them busy. Sound familiar? Yeah. Okay. 
here's here's another one that goes a little beyond, but not 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 that dissimilar from Mormonism. He had a loudspeaker and he would talk to his group of people during the night, all hours of the night. So <laughs> oh my God. yeah, sleep deprivation, which is a major tool of cults. Uh. You can yeah. you control their time. You control their sleep. If they're sleep deprived, they're weak. They're impressionable. They're just like, oh mm. fuck, you know, mm. just get on with it, buddy. Uh, lousy food. Um, yeah, the food by all accounts was just enough to kind of keep them alive. They were b- buying, however, large amounts of cyanide, uh, six pounds at a time. And so by November of 78, they had acquired 61 pounds. What? Hmm. No, I read that wrong. Six pounds. God damn. <laughs> 61 pounds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to kill all of Guyana. Six pounds. Uh, I saw the one from pounds from my pound sign as 61. Oh, I don't I have it. my glasses on. That's one problem right there. Uh-oh. So what he, what he would do is just completely manipulate them in these ways uh the worst sin that the worst thing you could do was think about leaving i think we see that in mormonism as well early apostates were sometimes murdered and that's what Mm. you were threatened with if if you attempted to leave um and so there was a lot of that messaging including in the temple ceremony itself that we've talked about Yep. The punishments. So his most yep. powerful tool, well, it's hard to say the most, but generally speaking, it's just fear. Fear itself. He preached Armageddon. This was another major tool that he used. He would always talk about how the outside world was going to hell. Now, this sounds like uh, Manson. Manson also taught this same thing that the outside world was going to hell. We'll be the only ones that survive it. Uh, At the same time, every so often he would have a suicide drill. He would call the people to this pavilion in the middle of the encampment and have them drink something, everyone, and say, you've just been poisoned. You've only got an hour to live. And then later he'd say, no, it was just a drill. Talk about a mind, <laughs> mind fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, several times. So they after never knew. After the first one, it, well, after the first one, what were people thinking, right? right. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go do the second one. I'm going to go do I mean, I, yeah. So before then, I'm guessing he must have talked to them about something about that, right? Yes. Like, the willingness to give up your life for yeah. the truth or Absolutely. something like it's this. It's better right? to die yeah. than to be subjected to the outside world. Got uh, it. Uh. Death is much preferred to anything. Uh, so, mm. yeah, they were being constantly told not to fear death, that it maybe was the answer. Uh, people killed for apostasy, opposition to the work that happened in Mormonism. And so... With Congressman Ryan, he uh, he left after talking to Jones for a while and seeing the people, and he was handed a note by Vernon Gosney, and it fell on the ground. This is what started the whole thing. It fell on the ground. And it wasn't it wasn't Congressman Ryan. It was one of his aides that he gave it to. He didn't know who he was yet, 
And one of the kids said, he passed a note, he passed a note. So that's another thing that was going on that goes on in other cults. People would rat each other out, constantly watching mm. each other behavior. And it was their duty to say, hey, this guy did this and it's wrong and all that. And so uh, it became known that Vernon wanted to leave. And before you know it, a couple dozen people said they wanted to leave. So the con congressman just got up at the speaker and said, anyone who wants to leave can leave with us tomorrow morning. And, wow. Yeah. And yeah. so it was only a couple dozen people. Uh, I think the rest of them just feared that, you know, what did happen was going to happen. And that is they were in two planes. They were about to taxi down the runway and uh, this truck with the trailer with seven or eight armed men pulls up in front of the planes and just starts firing on them. And just, oh my God, just, just fucking slaughtered them. Uh, two or three got away somehow mm. in, mm. in the woods, got away. And that's Vernon Gosney, although he'd been shot twice. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And Jackie Spear, her story, uh, I want to mention, by the way, that. Jackie Spear was, uh, again, Congressman Ryan's aide, wrote a mm -hmm. book called Undaunted, if you want some more information on this Ooh, Jonestown issue. Yeah. Somehow she mm -hmm. lived. Shot point blank. Wow. And, and, and she lived and has been interviewed many times and, again, wrote this book. So <laughs> one of the funny things that happened before we talk about the Kool-Aid is <laughs> – uh, there, during one of the documentaries, someone brought a camera in and they're walking around with Jones and he's showing them all the provisions and they're in the, the kitchen area or pantry, whatever. And he goes, no, see there, we have some rice. We have some pinto beans and look here, some Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, 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 I wonder what that's for. Uh, it actually was flavored by the way, which who cares? That's not important yeah, at all but it's probably a, a cheaper alternative yeah, to kool-aid yeah exactly right? and so yeah they mixed up some cyanide uh there was also arsenic and barbiturates probably his supply <laughs> 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 added to the drink uh several of the people resisted they not only had the little cups which they just dipped into this big vat of cyanide uh kool-aid uh, they had mm. syringes because, first of all, the babies couldn't be forced to drink something that tasted so badly. Mm. So this is where it gets really fucking gruesome. There were people resisting it, and they would hold them down and syringe their ass with the stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. And now, wait a minute. So this, so rather than being a drill, he made the live cyanide run because uh, partly as a result of the whole incident with the congressman yes. is that what we're saying it's okay exactly so exactly what he said so that happens and then shortly thereafter he's like okay we're done yeah he and this and, is recorded okay. uh the, the, they have the, the actual recording uh it's really sick it, it's sick to listen to it um He's saying, and, and he, the people are starting to moan and scream and cry. Oh, my God. They're in pain. And he's like, he says something like, oh, don't go like this. Don't go this way. 
pain, you know, death is just sleep. We're just going to sleep. And he's, he's so fucked up in his mind by then. And it's so obvious. And yet he, he manages to 909 people die. And this is almost weird. A third, exactly 303 are children. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That, that fact alone is like, so when they first went in there and did a body count, they counted only 400 and some people. And they thought, well, wait a minute, where the hell are all the other people? Well, they went in and picked up the, the adults and found the, the children underneath them. Oh no. Yeah. It gets, it just gets worse and worse. Uh, so yeah, 909. Um, here's the thing, people, not a mass suicide, a mass murder. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it on that. I've prepared a list of the top signs of a cult, how you know that you're being, you know, subjected to a cult, things that they use, methods they use. I could rip through this in, in two minutes. And then some of some of the cults that are more well known, I think that might be of interest to our our listeners. Now you're talking about? Are you talking when you say the list? Are you talking about Stephen Hassan's bite model? Is uh, that the bullets? Yeah. That that, well, no. Yeah. But no, it includes that the bite model, right. controlling behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. So yeah. So there's the bite. Yeah. And that. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's his book is wonderful. It's probably probably the best source on cults. I don't know. I think so. I mean, yeah. and it also comes from from a man who has an understanding of at least yeah. one cult where he was involved in the Moonies um, and had to be basically saved by I think his family member or friends or both who basically yanked him out. Right of the cult. And then he, he made it a study for his life, which, you know, excellent. Anyway. So uh, here, here's, you know, I'm just tossing these ideas around. This is just one person's list loaded language. I mean, we have our own words uh, that we use uh, when, Mm. even as an active member of the Mormon church, we called it Mormonese. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Insta friends. We talked about this fake friends as a result of yeah. callings and so forth. No real true, uh, generally speaking, uh, key uh, parts of a friendship are there. Exclusivity. Oh, that's big as hell. I mean, and what's mm. ironic is the Mormon church it cl- claims to be inclusive and, and they're actually yeah. just the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Even on the, on most of the chapels, right. They have a little sign that says visitors welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing could be further from the truth, right? I mean, you're you're welcome if you're if you're willing to change. Yeah, you're certainly not welcome as yourself. You're not welcome as a visitor, only as a potential member. No, that's okay. Right. And, and these that's these right. are simplistic. Too many rules. Duh. Control. You know, thoughts suppressed. Uh, certainly, critical thinking. Personal thoughts suppressed. Uh, this one's in, in, interesting to me. Salvation redefined. Ah. So you've got, mm. you know, the, the biblical and mostly New Testament version of what we call salvation. It's redefined in these cults. Uh, this is funny. Goody two-shoes. 
pretending to be better than we are. Money crazy. Well, that one's obvious. They want all your money. They want they want your mind and your heart and your soul too. Uh, progression system. Huh. We even still call it that in the church. Eternal progression. Yeah. Yep. And then number one, simplistic as it can be, cults abuse. Okay. Mm. So now let's let's go through some of the more well-known, some not, perhaps, uh, cults in today's world. Uh, Jehovah's Witness, Scientology, mm -hmm. the FLDS, mm -hmm. Fundamentalist LDS, the 12 Tribes. That one's not as well-known. Mm -mm, I don't know that one. The Unification Church, which is the Moonies. Mm -hmm. here's, here's a weird one. The Family International. Don't know that much about that one. Mm. And he, this guy has number seven as Mormonism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So again, real quick, here's a, another short list of signs of cults. Control, isolation, spiritual heresy, a godlike leader, financial deception, exclusionism, and abuse of all kinds. So yeah, I'm kind of repeating so myself. Here's the difference that I would say in that list, I would put the Mormon church as number one. Yeah. And and you and I talked about this for just a minute before the recording today. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the biggest issues and or the biggest dangers of this topic that we're talking about. That is, you've got an institution, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which, in my opinion, and I think there, this is demonstrable, you can, you can show evidence for this, one of the largest, most successful, most accepted uh, cults in history. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of these cults that we just talked about have millions of members, at least on record, right? You know, we talk about how many are actually active, but even if... You know, some estimates are at around 5 million, you know, 5 million of those 14 million or whatever the church is claiming now on its memberships uh, roles is, say, 5 million people are active. That's still, to my knowledge, the largest number of active people in a cult in history. And this is the problem, guys. The Mormon church has done a really good job of hiding the fact that it's a cult, of hiding the abuse, although it's starting to come out more and more, right? We've seen these news articles and bishops that are in cahoots with other leaders in the church and running child pornography rings and all sorts of shit, right? The, the rampant abuse that's been happening all through the decades, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is they've done a great job hiding it. They've done a phenomenal job being accepted by the media over the years. They've had some black eyes, right? Like uh, until 78, the whole racial thing. And even since then with that, and, and we had this, the announcement of the LGBT, you know, members who, who uh, whatever, you know, that, that whole thing. And then they've kind of reversed their statement on that a little bit, not completely recently, but you know, there's been, there's been these issues that they've been kind of taken to task on a little bit in the media off and on. But by and large, guys, they've done a great job 
of creating a, a good image around the church. And I got to say, I think it's been the most acceptable from a public viewpoint cult ever. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Dave? Oh, yeah. I, I can't think of another cult that's bigger or more accepted. I mean, even Scientology in its prime, when it had a lot of members, nowhere near the members of this church and, as a total population, and never as accepted. They've always kind of been looked at as a little weird or off or, you know, people always kind of, yeah, I don't know about those Scientologists, right? Um so yeah, I mean Jehovah's Witness, I don't I could probably look this up. I don't know where their membership stands as far as numbers. I don't think it's anywhere near the Mormon Church still. Um anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, so what's the point? I, well, in my mind and Dave, I obviously, you know, like to hear your thoughts. I I think this is relevant what I've been talking about as far as the size, the acceptance, etc. because basically what we're seeing is this large organization, which is a cult by definition, you can check all the boxes, you know, Stephen Hassan's model and other people as they define what a cult does, how it behaves, what it requires of its members. And yet when you're accepted, you're going to kind of be looked over, right? And when you have this umbrella of religion, which is most ironic when you look at an organization like Scientology, which is not a religion in any sense. <laughs> it's more like a science fiction book club. <laughs> but, you know, the LDS Church, you could define as a religion, right? They have this these religious beliefs that they've outlined. Um, so it has that. Well, that protects you from you don't have to be as transparent with your finances. You don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to reveal as much, right? as an organization to, to entities like the government. So that gives them some protection there. Uh, why does all of that matter? Again, because the members are being hurt. And I'm not just talking about the gross examples of things like child abuse that are happening or sexual abuse that's happening in the church. But uh, overall, right, if you grow up and have a great experience, even as far as you, you're not abused by your bishop or something like that, uh, you still have paid money into this lie for how many years? And and by any definition, that's damage. And that's, that's opportunity loss, financial loss, uh, not to mention the mental and social impacts and emotional impacts, right? So I guess that's my point on that whole bit. Well, it makes it the most dangerous cult because it, yeah. it's it's so subtle and uh and it'll get you for your life for a lot of the members it's not just a you know a few years it it it'll take over your entire life so that makes it in in one sense the most dangerous i have a few more cults that we've seen come and go mm -hmm. uh just out of interest uh Shoka Asahara, he's the guy that released the sarin gas in the subway in Tokyo. Oh, wow. He was always preaching Armageddon and the end of the world. Uh, Aldolfo Costanza, who used vo voodoo, mutilation, black magic, human sacrifice, and this uh, teaching of African Palo Mayombe, which is, again, human sacrifice. They found the bodies of 13 people spread all over his pop property. Hmm. Uh, we all know Chuck, 
Charlie Manson mm. taught Armageddon, taught hatred towards society. Again, he, he knew what people wanted to hear. His followers were completely manipulated. Good old Jim Jones. Uh, four survivors is what I've got written down here. And then uh, uh, Sun Myung Moon, Sun Myung Moon, who we've mentioned, mm -hmm. the Moonies. Heaven's Gate with Mr. Applewhite, mm. the UFO yeah. cult. <laughs> Here's mm -hmm. one that's not that well known. The Palmarian groups. The hmm. Yeah, the Palmarians. They're Irish Catholic. They cut ties with, you're supposed to cut ties with everyone. Anyone that's a, a non-believer, whether they're family or not, extremely strictly controlled. Yeah. Uh, one more that was interesting to me, Yahweh Ben Yahweh. The lost mm. tribe, the lost black tribe of Israel. They're all black. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, they're lost. <laughs> anyway, and you know good old Benny, uh, Benny Hinn. He doesn't want your money. Benny Hinn, uh, God, he collected a lot of cash doing his nonsense. Mm. And our friend down in Texas, David Koresh. David Koresh, yeah. Um, some of these tragic Right. And, and, and some of these, I guess, less cult like than others as far as the checklist. Right. And some of them more cult like, some of them less extreme, some more extreme as far as uh, what they required of their members or what happened uh, to end the cult, basically. Some of them continuing in your list. They still exist, yep. they still recruit members, uh, they still proselytize. Um, one I didn't hear on the list that I became aware of just because I spent time in Japan some years back, Mahikari no Waza, which is the way of true light. Mm. Um, a lot of interesting origins that are similar or teachings that are similar to the Mormon church. Now, I have to do some more research on them. I'm sure there's research out there, Wikipedia, something. I haven't looked them up, honestly. Uh, but I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they had origins that were parallel or, or came from even the church because they were preaching when I was over there uh, that they had this true light that they could funnel from heaven or whatever, and they could heal and they could preserve food. <laughs> uh, if they, mm. if they blessed food through this true light, the food would not uh, rot, um, That's et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There was a missionary over there who had some injury, I don't remember what the injury was, broke, broken something, it was significant, arm, leg, whatever. He had a priesthood blessing, it didn't help. Mahikari Nawaza came by uh, somehow, or he ran into them. They asked, and what this was common, you'd be out in the park, or you'd be walking or something, they'd come up to you, and they'd say, hey, can we, can we pray over you? And they would hold their hand over your head, uh, they wouldn't necessarily touch your head, but they hold like they're, you know, going to funnel some energy or something. And they would say this prayer and now they've cleansed your spirit and everybody had to be cleansed for the last day. Otherwise you would perish. But if you were cleansed through the, the true spirit, you would be uh, saved or whatever. And so that was one of their missions is to go around and do this to everybody in the world. Uh, anyway, this guy had that done to him and all of a sudden his injury healed. And we could talk about the power of the human mind mm. over the body and the, the true mystery that that is, and that we really don't understand it. Uh, but these things can happen. 
you know, and you call it the placebo effect, or there's all sorts of studies on this. And when you believe something strongly enough that it can have physical manifestations in your body and your mind can really heal your, your body. Uh, and so this happened to him. So he left his mission. He left the church. He joined Mahikari Nawaza uh, to become one of their missionaries instead. <laughs> and this was this story that had been passed down through our uh, mission, right? As a fear tactic. Yeah, 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 like, don't, don't listen to these guys. Satan can heal too, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Angel right? Of light, yeah. Well, if Satan can heal, then what's, what's the... Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> right. Well, again, two questions, you know, what is going on with the leaders of these cults, a lot of commonalities, and what is the similarities between people who are susceptible to cults? Um, A lot of differences, but there's clearly similarities. Again, no one joins a cult. So Mm. you're, you're taken in at a lot of different levels. And so there's hundreds, there's gotta be hundreds of cults out there. Uh, They can also be non-religious. I guess we already brought that up. There's a lot of cult thinking that doesn't involve religion at all. So my final message to our listeners, both of you, um, no, wait, there's three, there's three now, I think. (laughs) There's three listeners now. Yeah. Don't, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. (laughs) and that's become a phrase right like dude did you drink the kool-aid and you know in other words did you suck it suck it up did you believe that you know were you were you deceived um were you gullible yeah um so interesting um yeah and and exposure again one of the reasons we're doing this whole podcast series is exposing maybe sharing some information people hadn't considered before, if not just kind of commiserating with you, right? That this is an issue. This is a problem. It's a danger. The church is a danger to people. And uh, if it wasn't, I don't think I'd have an interest in doing this kind of a podcast. I mean, what would the point be? No. Right. I, I think that's one of the main drivers for both David and I is, uh, you know, this is, a dangerous organization, and even more so, again, because of what we mentioned earlier, because it's so accepted, despite the the little challenges that have popped up, you know, mistakes the church has made over the years, overall, very accepted worldwide, and again, the biggest cult in history, and uh, I don't know if anybody will grow that big. Usually people are aware of these cult-like God. things and they well, they try to stomp and the, them. And right? the leaders lose it. You know, uh, that's that's at least half the time. It's the leader that fucking just yeah. goes. I yeah. mean, Jones, yeah. Jones, had he lived another month, would have probably been dead from his drug use. You know, and yeah. I, I thought about this too. If Joseph Smith had lived another five years, he would have been such a megalomaniac because it was mm-hmm. getting severe more and more severe just in that last year it it, it was it just went extreme uh, mm-hmm. uh had he not died in carthage he probably would have been dead some other way not not sh- you know very shortly after 
that instance. Well, and people, look, guys, there's things, and we could talk about this in particular as we talk more in other episodes about Joseph and some details. There's things true believing members have never heard that are well documented. Uh, that he was wanted for treason is one of those things that, that people don't know uh, because he had formed his own militia, right? The, the Danites. Um, and they were a substantial militia at that time in the United States. And that wasn't allowed, guys. You can't have your own private militia <laughs> that threatens, you know, the federal government's army or whatever. I mean, think about this. And, jo- yeah. Jones had his militia too. I just thought of this. And now, what mm. is the use? Okay. Why do we have a need for machine guns in, at the People's Temple when they would gather around the pavilion? Check this out. There'd be seven or eight guys there with machine guns pointed at the people, not out <laughs> into the forest in case somebody was coming. The goddamn guns were pointed at the people. Oh, oh it's man. part of the greatest thing that's ever been. I mean, <laughs> what the hell, man? I trust my key holders. Yeah. Yeah, you trust them. Yeah, um, even the crazy dark glasses shit, didn't give it away. The guy's wearing dark glasses <laughs> day and night. Nah, nothing wrong there. That's not unusual. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, <laughs> something's got to send off the warning bells, right? When Joseph said that uh, he accomplished things Jesus never accomplished, <laughs> and he, and he said things like. Uh, you know, Jesus's friends left him. My friends still stand by me. Oh my! God. Wow. You know, stuff like that, right? Yep. And again, true, true, true believing members don't know of these things. Uh, you know, it's not not commonly known. Uh, but hey, guys, um, we're running close to an hour this time. But uh, one of those one of those potent topics, I guess, that we wanted to talk a little further about. So. All right. Well, I think that's it, Dave. Yeah. Until next week. Uh, I wish we were interacting more with you guys and, and, you know, maybe we'll get to that point where we can uh, do some podcasts based on your interests, things you want to talk about. We're, we're trying to cover a broad array of subjects, but obviously there's repetition. It's inevitable. And some things do need to be reemphasized. So, yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, on all par- all points, you know, I would hope you'd drop by or even just send me an email. If you don't want to go by the the website, uh, mormontalk.org, you know, just just send me an email, mike at mormontalk.org. And, uh, you know, shoot me a line and say, hey, guys, talk about this. Or did you think about this topic? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm with Dave. It would be great to have a little interaction with you guys uh, you don't have to go on a formal forum or make a comment on uh, to an episode on the website. Uh, just send us an email. Let us know what you're thinking. Awesome. So, all right, guys. Take care. We'll talk to you next week.